Hey guys, C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life doing the final episode on our series Virtue and Vice, Season 7, Episode 16 for the podcast and the 16th video for uh, this playlist on YouTube. So, this is the third most requested video out of the list. I was asked to produce a video for the INFP Virtue and Vice multiple times before we were we were even halfway done with uh, with this playlist. So that's cool. I like it. Uh, so let's just do a deep dive right into the Virtue and Vice. So the Virtue and Vice of the INFP, uh, the Dreamer type, uh, informative, responding, control behind the scenes. Oh, there goes that wind again. Our favorite uh, counterpart here when we're filming, absolutely. It's like the absolute best thing to have here as a backdrop, if you know what I mean. So, also the idealist, intuitive feeling uh, temperament for INFPs. The virtue and vice of the INFP well, where does it come from and how did I learn it? I learned it from uh, actually a collection of INFPs over time. Uh, the first one I learned it, learned about it, was when I was in the uh, Sacramento Politics and Philosophy group, actually, before it broke up and became multiple factions, etc. And uh, met an INFP girl there, and uh, we started becoming pen pals of sorts over a period of like four months etc so it was very interesting to see the virtue and vice manifest and as a result of that interaction and there are a few other interactions some INFPs at work for example that I've met and uh, but nothing from like romantic relationships etc but be that as it may the virtue and vice is uh, very compelling. And I will admit that ENFPs definitely have this virtue and vice, but it's just not their primary. They do the same thing. and uh, But again, uh, charity versus depravity is their main thing. But INFPs also have charity versus depravity as one of their secondary, tertiary virtues and vice, etc. If you notice, you can actually attach the virtue and vice to each uh, to each type. Each type represents four cognitive functions. If you were to put them all out in a grid, right, you would note that uh, you would see that they all have their own virtue and vice attached to them, right? And if you take one of those types and create the or place the four sides of their mind, their ego, subconscious superego, etc., you'll note all the different virtues and vices that that type actually has to keep track of. So that's kind of the difference in that regard. But it's also similarities as well. Because you have NFPs, NFJs, SFJs, SFPs, STJs, there's a lot of similarities across the board on top of just the four sides of their mind. 
So you can get into primaries, secondaries, tertiaries, and it just keeps building out from there. Anyway, so what is the virtue and vice of the INFP? It is loyalty versus connivory, or being conniving. Treacherous. Treachery. So loyalty versus treachery. Now, INFPs watching this are like, oh, No! How can you think that? I am a good person. I, I am not a traitor. I am not treacherous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. To be fair, I've been betrayed by many INFPs. I mean, they literally coined the statement, Oh, I thought I fell in love with you, but I actually fell in love with the idea of you, and that idea is not here anymore, so I'm just going to move on. I'm not comfortable with this anymore. You know what I mean? Of course, ENFPs do that too, but not as much as INFPs, believe it or not. At least INFPs that are able to get into relationships. It's more commonly said amongst INFP women than it is INFP men, though, at least in our first world culture. Not a bad thing, just what happens, right? So, loyalty versus treachery. So, loyalty. Uh, INFPs are insanely loyal. In fact, the most loyal of all the types, to the point where they will follow you over a cliff. Uh, even after you, you leave them, for example, a uh, couple at church that I knew a uh, long, long time ago, it was an INFP and it ended up with an ESTJ woman. So it was a duality relationship, according to Socionics, and, uh, which I don't recommend in the least, by the way duality ooh let's just join polar opposites of each other right you know and everyone's trying to figure out who's on top in the bedroom i mean when you have an estj and an infp the infp is just laying there like well i mean are you gonna start or or am i gonna start what's gonna happen here you know and the infp like has no basis with which to give sensation with because se trickster right so then the ESTJ ends up having to have that responsibility. Well, imagine if it's an INFP male with an ESTJ female. That's even additional complication there, right? Not very good sexual compatibility, if you know what I mean. Anyway, the bottom line is that over time, this relationship fell apart. The ESTJ met someone on World of Warcraft, this ESTJ woman, and he actually flew out and to meet her and left, left the INFP guy. This has been like seven years ago, eight years ago now, just about. And this INFP guy still, to this day, refuses to get in a relationship with somebody else because for some reason he has faith that she's going to come back to him. Still, to this day, even though she's basically remarried and potentially having additional children with this guy, or has already, I haven't checked up on them in a long time, right? And But for some reason, the INFP thinks, you know, I'm still loyal and I demonstrate my loyalty so she'll come back to me. No, but loyal to a fault. INFPs are super loyal. And they're not just loyal to people, right? They're loyal to ideas. They're loyal to ways of thinking, right? And that could be a problem. Uh, this is why when you encounter an INFP 
and you give them some information about something that they may disagree with, right? Uh, like say you're at a, so <laughs> let's go back to the girl I met, the INFP girl I met at uh, the Sacramento Politics and Philosophy Group. An amazing group, by the way. Met some really awesome intellectual and academic people there. They're absolutely fantastic. I recommend it if you're in the area. If they're still around, that is. I might start an, an additional one for the Bay Area. We'll see. But regardless, uh, I provided an idea to the group. We were talking about quantum mechanics at the time. And the INFP girl that I was sitting next to before we became pen pals challenged me. And she's like, well, cite your sources. What's your reference material? You know, who else out there agrees with you, right? It's because she's so loyal to the idea that, you know, her idea that quantum mechanics was not the way in which I was describing, right? I was describing expert intuition, actually, as a form of metaphysical awareness. She had never heard that before, so she automatically disagreed with me, right? Cite your sources. Because she's so loyal to the norm, so loyal to pre-existing ideas, or to ideas that other people have established established ideas, right? So that's kind of how she approaches it in that regard. And it's like, well, I'm, I can't exactly cite a theory on quantum mechanics, right? So she's quick to dismiss it entirely. Well, that puts an INFP academic at risk of their basing their educational decisions, right? Or changing their mind, right? Based on the collective. Because if the collective doesn't agree with it, then it can't be relevant. It can't be valid, right? So they're super loyal to ideas. And the reason for this is because of TE inferior. TE inferior, the way it works is that it's very insecure about what other people think. It's also insecure of new ideas. Why is that? It's because SI child is comfortable with its own, with the INFP's own personal philosophy, comfortable with their own um, personal stake in things, how they feel about certain ideas, how they feel about truth. Because let's be honest, INFPs don't necessarily care about what's true. They care about what people believe. Because to an INFP, it's about, uh, similarly with the ENFP, in the absence of communication or explanation, perceptions become reality. So it really is all about managing people's beliefs, right? They'll have to continue to manage their own beliefs and manage the beliefs of others if they accept new ideas. It causes mental stress because it forces them into their shadow because their shadow, ENFJ shadow, is where their TI function is. The problem is it's their bottom function, so it's extremely stressful. So they can't just accept new ideas willy-nilly. They can't accept ideas just right off the bat. They need evidence, right? Because they have to feel good about the idea. And if they already feel good about an idea and they're already loyal to an idea, they're not gonna let that idea go, right? Because of that, there's a lot of complications, right? There's not much you could do about it. Cite your sources. If you want to get anywhere with an, e, uh, with an INFP, you got to cite your sources because they're super loyal to those ideas. In the same way that they're super loyal to people, right? Loyalty to a fault. You could also argue that INTPs do this as well. Yeah, loyalty versus treachery. They definitely have that virtue and vice, but 
It's not primary to them. And also, it's very rare that I ever hear about an INTP actually betraying anyone. It's extremely rare. And it's usually after they've been abused for decades in most cases. If I'm going to do the time, I may as well do the crime, right? But not with INFPs. They will, they, they will go over the cliff following you in a lot of cases. As long as you've made them comfortable, as long as you make them feel good, especially the idea of you, if they're in love with the idea of you and what you mean in that regard, they'll follow you over the cliff. And there is a risk that they could be a lamb led to the slaughter. Which a lot of INFP men, they have a problem with that because women in our culture lose respect for men like that. Because it's like, well, have some self-respect. If you're really that loyal to me, you wouldn't be treating me this way. You know what I mean? So they can't do that, right? So men have to learn, INFP men especially, have to learn to have self-respect. It's very important. So self-respect goes a long way and they have to be able to meet their own needs. They have to have their personal standards for which they have discipline with their SI child to force themselves to meet their own needs. And then they have to create personal boundaries, but it's hard for INFPs to enforce personal boundaries because they worry about how their people feel about them. And, and then I'm not, I'm not uh, being benevolent enough. I'm not being good enough if I'm, if I'm challenging people this way and that's a problem, right? So the INFP ends up having a difficult time enforcing boundaries because they're afraid of the conflict that comes as a result of, or worried about the conflict that comes as a result of enforcing those boundaries, right? So there is an aspect of being a doormat in that regard, which is kind of interesting because in our feminist society, a lot of INFP women uh, that I talk to, they're like, you know, I'll never be labeled a housewife. That's so low of me as a woman, you know? And they have this like prideful point of view about it. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, sure. You don't want to be a housewife. Okay. You know, uh, don't have children then or find some rich guy who has a butler or can afford a maid, I guess. I don't know. I mean, is that really reality? Oh, but they're special, right? INFPs are special. And because they're special, they need to be treated special, right? Well, a lot of NFPs feel special and that allows them what they believe special privileges in some cases. I've seen it. I've seen it with INFPs. I've seen it with ENFPs. I've seen it more so with ENFPs because depravity, right? That's their vice. So, so again, INFP loyalty goes a long way. They are super mega loyal. And being as how loyal they are, and, and I would say INTPs arguably are just as loyal, but really INFPs are. But INPs, both of them, SI Child is super, super mega loyal. And this is why INJs, SE Inferiors, and ENJs, SE Children, SE Child, really loves SI Child because, wow, this person will never abandon me. This person will never leave me. This person will always be there for me. They always have that situation because they're like, I've made this person so comfortable, this SI child so comfortable to be with me and whatnot, then they're like, oh yeah, sure, fine. Let's have a relationship. You know what I mean? So based on that, 
they're able to have a relationship because they're getting that those SC users are getting that loyalty that they need, right? Well, it's not that easy. It's really not that easy. Why? Well, because of the vice of treachery, connivory, conniving. So, let me give you an example of INFP conniving. I had an INFP one time in a business deal. Uh, business deal went really well. He got what he needed in this situation. By the way, INFPs can be fantastic financiers and Forex traders. Uh, if you spend time researching that, your expert intuition parent can actually predict markets really well. And you can be a fantastic day trader. Uh, if you haven't looked into that, I recommend it. Uh, it takes a lot of time and research and energy and countless hours but you can reach a level of mastery pretty easily, which makes you super rational, and uh, you can make really good financial decisions in the market on a daily basis that could land you some good money. A lot of people don't know that about INFPs, but they have that capability. When it comes to money management, whew, I've known some really good ones. And of course, I'd recommend an ISTJ to do this, but INFPs, they can really get some windfall profits if they know how to put themselves in that direction. It's kind of why I believe Warren Buffett is an INFP, even though I haven't really taken the time to look at him. But if I was going to have a working theory on Warren Buffett, I'd say, yeah, he's an INFP, at least for now, until proven otherwise. So so let's, let's talk about treachery. So uh, he, he had a deal, and uh, it went really well. But he didn't feel good about it. He didn't feel good about the deal. So any additional deals later with this other individual that this INFP was doing with, he decided to not go forward with them. Or at least he decided to make the deal more in his favor, right? And then when the other party negatively reacted to that, even though they had it, their terms written down and everything, it was, it was a problem, right? So what the INFP financier did instead was just be like, well, fine, you know, you can have it this way, I'm not gonna do this anymore. And walked out of all of their deals, even had a real estate deal, completely walked out, the guy got screwed, right? So that ended up becoming a problem. Uh, got even worse. It got to a point where that INFP was actually hiring people 